Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a mom, vegan of 20 years, and entrepreneur, I need a lot of energy. And I turn to Athletic Greens to help me out. Athletic Greens is part of the daily nutrition regimen for thousands of top performers, professional athletes, and health-conscious go-getters worldwide, including USA cycling and endurance athletes. So I knew I would trust them. It's developed from a complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. And it's a comprehensive all-in-one greens powder engineered to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet and support your body's nutritional needs across the four pillars of health, gut health, immune system, energy, and recovery. And these are all things that I'm super interested in. I put a scoop in my smoothie in the morning, and it feels amazing to know that I'm set up to feel my best and sustain my energy all day long. Try for yourself at athleticgreens.com slash lit yoga. That's athleticgreens.com slash lit yoga and get lit up. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Kristen Williams, senior lit teacher and physical therapist extraordinaire. Hey, Laura. Hey, everyone. Yay. Yay. All right. I'll start right off. I have a question from Katya28. She says, I have a question. I have a weak upper back shoulder area and also a weaker core than I'd like. Has been worse though. However, I noticed that whenever I try to strengthen my upper back and or shoulders by doing small exercises, such as modified plank, push-ups, or basically anything, my trapezius immediately hardens, which results in stiff shoulders and often a headache due to muscle tension. How can I strengthen my upper back shoulders and prevent my trapezius getting overexcited? It happens on both sides. I am hyperflexible in my lower spine and have slight scoliosis, but that doesn't bother me. That's a great question. And we see a lot, a lot, Katya. I mean, I can start, you know, I, I definitely... Oh, wait, there's one more thing she wrote. Yeah. Sorry. She's because this might also cue us in. Um, the scoliosis doesn't bother me. And besides walking my dog, I rarely really exercise, partly also because of this issue. So now go with that information. Yeah. 
all of these muscles that are our stabilizers of our scapula, we don't, especially in Western society where we spend a lot of time either just at work, sitting, driving, you know, not really doing much weight bearing through the upper extremities, we don't ever put these muscles to use. Um, and so I understand what you're saying. Then you go to try to do something that, I mean, push-ups, push-ups require a, a lot of stability at the scapula. And if you don't have those muscles, and it's not just about strength, Katya, it's also about the way it fires. So working together, we call that neuromuscular education. You know, how how is your brain mapping? You know, how how efficient are you at using the muscles together? Probably because, like you said, you don't exercise very much and then you are hyper flexible. So not only do you probably not have the brain map or the patterning, you also don't have the little receptors in a tighter joint that would give you feedback to use those muscles to stabilize. People who are tighter tend to have a, a better ability to kick on those proximal stabilizers because they can feel the restriction, not even restriction, they can, they can feel the movement easier because they have a tighter joint system. They have a tighter muscle system too. So they get better feedback indirectly to the brain than someone like you would get. So your best bet is going to be starting really from the basics. And it can be Something as simple as open chain exercise where you're you know doing some boring, trust me, they're boring, but open chain rotator cuff stuff, you know, rowing stuff where you're not lifting the arms up. And what I like about that is that's when your upper trap starts to kick on. Your upper trap gets busy or being a busy body when you start to come above 90 degrees usually uh, because the other muscles are like, wait, what? What do we do? And so the upper child, I've got it. And so then you can get tight. You also might want to look at your posture. You know, is your upper trap on all the time because your head is forward? So, you know, can we work on the posture? You know, our triple S, we talk about ears over shoulders, over hips to get that stability from below and above, which allows the upper trap to not be so on all the time. You know, yours is just, it's used to working and the others are used to not working. So we need to begin by training the others in a relatively unengaged upper trap, which would be down by your sides, and then working your way onto, you know, quadruped hands and knees, where you're still sort of at 90 or even below, and if if you have the wrist mobility, where you can really start to now move your scapula. So you can draw the scapula down a down your back a little bit to shut off the upper trap and just moving side to side. It would be so much fun to work with you because it would be like you are a blank slate and there's so much to learn is my guess. And you would be amazed by probably, you'd be amazed to start by how little connection you have between say your brain and your shoulder blades and that whole shoulder girdle and maybe even with your pelvis and then to see that growth and see how it affects you by way of now you can start doing things like push-ups and not getting headaches and not getting neck pain because everything is working more efficiently and together more effectively. Amen. I, I, I think that was a great answer. And 
pretty much covers everything. I would say again, it like you've got to get that brain mapping and the stability. Like if you can move and you probably have that since you said you're tend to be hypermobile, even if you're not exercising a lot, what that really means is that you are not to Kristen's point, you're not getting the messaging in the same way. So you'll move as you can and, and probably have done a lot of that with the upper trapezius, maybe your lats and stuff. So using uh, small movements, stabilizing movements, like Kristen was saying, and then I'm, I'm a big, we both are big proponents of like getting on the ground and doing a lot of things, but also just going up against a wall and, you know, standing up against a wall. I know some people can see this in the YouTube, but you know, putting your elbows against the wall and drawing the scapula down a little bit so you're not shrugging up and then just pushing straight back and think about pulling, feel the connection. Like imagine your brain is connecting right to the scapula and pulling the scapula onto your back. So your ribs, if you're really, again, super flexible, you don't want to puff your ribs. You're, it's coming, the, the action, there's no movement, that's called isometric, but the feeling is in the scapula. It shouldn't be in the, the chest thrusting or the ribs thrusting. And then just walk around so that now you have the right arm against the wall and you're pushing into it. Like Kristen was talking about the rotator cuff. And before you do it, again, think of the scapula, draw it down and in a little bit and hold it in as you push against the wall. So it's the holding of that scapula steady that is going to start to create that that memory and that brain mapping that you need for that stability. And then you get on, you know, you get on your hands, then you start moving. That requires dynamic stability. So this, this you're moving and the scapular still stabilizing dynamically. I imagine when you're moving, maybe in a push-up or something, you're just the shoulders are moving all over the place, and that's going to go right up into the upper trapezius. And you've got to stabilize the scapula and not let it move around. It'll be a lot harder. And as you mentioned, your core is not probably as stable as it needs to be. This is what a lot of people will feel, especially I, I would say people that are hypermobile, is there's this like little, and this might not be you, but just for anybody out there, there's this little tug of war of liking and disliking exercise, right? Because you, you want to move and then it doesn't make you feel good. So then you, but you have to move actually as much, if not more because movement is where your brain is getting all this mapping. So, but break it into chunks, you know, take your dog for a walk and then come and do five minutes of a lot of isometric stops and then do whatever you're doing where you're not moving and then do another five to 10 minutes and just continue to do that because you have to override some of these um, longstanding brain mapping habits that is always required, like, kind of summoning these superficial muscles to do all the work. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. We hope that helps. So write back and let us know. And of course, if you go on Lit Daily, the posture challenge is great. If it's too much right away, you can start with some of the more basic beginner classes and just do 10 minutes of them and just be super committed to feeling where the scapula is, holding it there, but all the core work we do, the abdominal work, the stuff on all fours, this, you know, dolphin, all of it is to really, really um, create a strong and, you know, dynamically stable core. All right.
Vaquero, diastasis recti and back pain among the active people, runners, yogis, and athletes. So we have had questions about, some people say diastasis, whatever you want to say. It's the area where the um, linea alba, which is the line that runs from your xiphoid process down, the rectus abdominis comes and joins there. And it's so superficial that it isn't just pregnant women. It can be in other places like obese people or somebody with a really large rotund stomach will stretch that out as well. There could be some other conditions, but it really happens in pregnancy because it has no choice. So when the person is not pregnant anymore, and then maybe even years later, there can still be some residual um, effects of that. Not It's not the gapping that's the problem. It's the what else is happening because of that. Because if it's still really gapped, it probably means you haven't really gone in and pulled everything back together and down. So for back pain um, with active people, I mean, it's not just this area. It's also like, how, what is, how is that impacting your pelvis? How is it impacting your rib cage? Because if you have this after pregnancy, and that could be a year after pregnancy, a month, 10 years, you might still have that postural um, imbalance in there as well. So if you've had an anterior tilt, it's not that pregnancy does a lot to make that worse, but because your weight is going forward, it is also pushing your rib cage forward. So then you end up with the anterior tilt and the push forward ribs. Well, that puts a lot of stress on your low back because it's just, I always say it's like a shirt that's going forward and it's just getting scrunched in the back. So how do we hang that shirt up so that all the seams are nice and we get and we help that out? And so number one is you, you have to look at posture. You have to look at that. Like, how are you holding yourself statically? Because that's how you're going to take yourself dynamically. So if you're taking yourself running, um, you said yogis, so that would be, you know, running is in one direction, sometimes in other directions, but typically, you know, in sagittal plane yoga, are you, you should be moving in a lot of different directions or any athletes. But with any athletes, with any yoga person, with anyone that I'm working with, like Kristen, I'm going to look at their posture. I'm going to look at how they take that into movement. And specifically, if we know that there has been um, some diastasis, what, how does that impacted the ribs? Are the ribs flaring? Is the low back really shortened? Is the pelvis dipping? Are you locking out your knees when you're standing? Is your head forward? Are you, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all connected. So the fact that somebody might have that you know, one inch, two inch little gap that doesn't affect personally. I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered by that. Where I would really emphasize is what is making that remain that way instead of, because no matter like, and Kristen, I'd love for you to talk about your own experience, but no matter how much you have in there, unless it's like, you know, three, three or four fingers, you can do a lot on your own to really help it um, knit back in. It might not Fine. If it never goes back in, there's going to be scar tissue and all that. You strengthen all the muscles to surround it, but that wouldn't bother me as much as like, what are, what are the things that are contributing to that? What's the architecture like posture? Because if you're, again, your posture is off, you're not using your glutes. Well, you're not using your transverse abdominal. Well, you're not using the deep proximal muscles. Well, and so you, the, the diastasis will continue to feel weakened and will strain the low back more. Love to hear any add-ons to that and your own personal experience? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that 
Laura knows when I, when we moved to New Jersey, my youngest was three and uh, she was my biggest baby, but I have three children and I did, you know, core work. I mean, I probably did crunches, but that's it. You know, I, I was a runner. I was a marathoner and uh, I would go to the gym sometimes and, you know, do little exercises there, but not core, certainly not lit core. <laughs> and so, you know, when I started doing lit, lit yoga, and then especially when I got into teacher training, um, I mean, I've always had since, I mean, certainly since my third, I've had diastasis recti, um, where, I mean, and I still, I still, when I come back, I, I don't know if I can do it to where you guys can see it, but, you know, I still, if, if you can see that split mm-hmm. there where, I can yeah. get, you know, my fingers in between where my abdomen, I, I used to go back and you would see it. You can see it dome a little bit. See? Mm-hmm. So how much? Yeah. It's not, it used to be like an alien. <laughs> It'd be like, I mean, you know, because it was the soft tissue structures, my guts coming through. I started with lit where, you know, and started with the, the core was so, you know, me, I mean, I had angry ab experiences. <laughs> like our favorite story is me walking out of teacher training during one of the abs because I was like, I saw red because it was so hard for me. I literally was like, I felt this anger and I, I was like, I got to leave. I left and I walked around the block and Laura just. Well, for, well I, first, no, I first remember you, you called me over and you like, is it normal to feel like I want to, I don't know if you said I want to kill somebody or just so angry. And I was like, why don't you go take a walk? <laughs> And you were like, shoot, right off the mat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, this, you know, because I, it was so hard and I was fit, mm-hmm. super fit, but I was not dialed in. And you know, I remember you talking about my, my, my low back fascia was really tight because I was still anteriorly tilted. Um, I still have to watch that, but you can see you guys, if you're on the YouTube, if you're not, if you're not watching us on YouTube, go back and watch that video. And, and you'll be, you should be able to see where I still, I still have diastasis recti, but I'm so, it is hard for me to make that come out because I, I am, I'm dialed in and mm-hmm. I have corrected everything and I'm, it's, I'm a work in progress. You know, we're always, I will watch myself and be like, oh man, I'm still tilting in that, you know, because I, again, this is years of, of not biasing one way uh, that, so, you know, that's the good news. The good news is you can look at someone like me who I remember I was embarrassed by it. I couldn't come up to sit without just being like, you know, this, and I had, I had back pain, but not, I'm a physical therapist. So I, I, I know what to do. I would self-treat the ab work, the core work in lit yoga is what I give everyone. And it is what I recommend for everybody. If, if there's nothing you can do, do the reset do it every single day. And your diastasis recti will thank you. Reset the pelvis so you can open up that back fascia. It'll change your life. Um, and you can live with a split and not have it affect you in the way that it used to affect you <laughs> when you weren't. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to just um, drive in is it's the split is not it's not weakening the front. It's, it's stressing the back, Yeah, you know, because you are, if you strengthen the front, you're giving support. You have to think of not just front and back, but in between, it's like the peanut butter. I was doing a class the other day and it was like, 
bread in front, bread in back. It's the in-between, like really getting, that's where you need to get in and package it, right? So it's not loose and, you know, you know, that sandwich and your lettuce falls out, this falls out. It's like really, it's held in because then that front, all the stuff underneath where that superficial line is, is going to be strong and holding that low back. And so if somebody has low back pain, they've got to do this strong, deep ab work that we do. It, you just have to. It's, it's um, imperative. Because, and then it'll translate into all these other things that you're talking about. So that's what I, when people bring that up, that's what I immediately just bring it about. It's not about the fact that you have a gap. It's like, what are we going to do? Like, how is that impacted the other stuff? Yeah. It's just not working well together because the front package is no longer working. So the back of the package has taken all the strain. <laughs> exactly. That it's like the uneven peanut butter jelly. Um, all right. We got time for one more question here. All right. Uh, this was interesting. So this is from EFJ High 2021. She says, can you post some remedies about the pinky finger going away from the four fingers or any opinion on this? Maybe talk with Kristen on your podcast, why it's doing it and some remedies, which is I'm assuming she's talking about like in weight bearing, because like, if it goes away from our hands here, it's not a big deal. I think this was in response to something that I posted with weight bearing. And then she wrote this. So, um, why don't you talk about like the pinky going away from the rest of the fingers. And it obviously is causing this, um, person. It's a woman. I can see her picture, some kind of issue. And of course, in her picture, I'm also seeing her scapula. Uh Oh, all right. So EFJHI, we've got her scapula. I don't know if you can see this, how big I can make it. And this of course is just going to be on YouTube, but you, can you see her scapula there in that plank? Oh yes. Yes. So that's what would, uh, before we even talk about your fingers, I wonder if that has something to do with your scapula. So for those of you who aren't watching this, we do have this on YouTube. So check it out. I'm just seeing her. I just took a screenshot from the, the direct message she sent me. And in that screenshot, all I see is her, she's, it's a picture of her in plank and her scapula are really pulled away from the spine. So some people call that winging some, it, it, it's, it's actually a combination of a lot. It's, it's a lifted scapula. It isn't being, so I'm going to go, I'm, I'm just, all I'm going to say is if I didn't have that photo, I would talk about your hands, but I would still mention the shoulders, but now I'm definitely going to mention the scapula, but I'm going to let you talk about the, the finger thing. Cause I'm wondering if this is the finger spreading is trying to give you stability. Cause you're not getting it there. That was, a, well, and that, that was exactly what I was going to say before even thinking about the scapula is if the pinky's going out, you know, you're trying to find stability. When you think about, you know, think about how roots grow on a tree. You know, they grow out to create stability. I just got the shivers. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that analogy. Yes, you think it's like, oh, I need to go this way because we got to balance. Exactly. You know, that, that is that that's how we you know, think about just even when you balance, you know, if you're pitching forward, you're gonna take something backwards. So that would be my first guess is your pinky is coming out. Maybe you're rolling your weight, you know, over to that side. So it's taking more, so it's coming out. Yeah, and and looking now at your scapula and First of all, I don't know what you're, we're just going to call you E. I'm going to call you E, you know, yeah. the way you look in that plank is how many, many, many people look in that plank. 
it is planks are super hard and we really don't give them the credit that they're due uh, because this the ability to lock a scapula well or even know where neutral is uh, and to also have the core involved you know engaged so we're not letting the ribs fly is super challenging but that could be what your pinky's doing can absolutely be in response to what's happening up above because the pinky's not very strong. Your little abductor minimi, you know, the muscle that mm-hmm. abducts that, that, that pinky finger, it's not going to provide much stability, but it's going to try. So I think of that more like just like that, you know, that little, it's, it's, it's like a tripod and it's most likely from something that's up, up higher. So I would look at, yes, we see your scapula. They are, they are wink, popping up. So if you can imagine, these are your scapula on your back. Yours are like this. And what we would like to see is a bit more of this, where they're they're more flush with the rib cage, because right now it's like this. So if something's going on where the ribs are down, the scapula is up. And so that's putting, if you look at that angle, that's putting a lot towards the outside of the hand. Mm-hmm. If you were more flush, it's going to come right down. See that difference? Here's the center of gravity. Yeah, please come on you. Right down. Yeah. You know, yeah. All the stuff we do. That's why we started putting this on YouTube because Laura and I were so yeah. descriptive with our hands. <laughs> you know, no, it's really true because if the scapula, if, if my arm, everybody can try it, put your arm straight on in front and then just let that scapula kind of slide over, you know, away from the midline. It's, it's already going to take that pinky side forward some. Well, then if it's, if you're a weight bearing through there, that sliding over is just not only sliding over, it's like being left behind as your chest is hanging. So that's going to put that weight bearing on that pinky. And, and to Kristen's point, the roots are going to try and that's a lot of weight to go just on that, um, that ulnar side of the hand. So you want, you want your hand, the weight bearing balanced. You want it really primarily in big, the thumb, the second finger, and then a little bit in the pinky is in there, but that the right through the second finger is where it comes into the uh, the radial, the wrist joint. And that's where we want that energy line. And so if you're getting it over into that pinky, that, that really, I think we solved it. I think it's coming from the, the, the scapula is not being integrated well. And as Kristen said, you are not alone. This is not something to be like hitting yourself because, you know, if you, if we all did planks and nobody ever told us any cueing on it, we would all do that. Right. So I know I did that for many years. And then I learned more after going into PT school and working with stroke patients who had literal, like, you know, no scapula stability. And that was the first place we went. Even if their arm is dangling down here, we went to the scapula because to give the whole arm support, you have to get that scapula. It's like, it is your, it is your foot. Essentially it's the reverse. Like it is your foot from your leg. Like you've got to get that foot tacked onto your ribs so that you can feel uh, stable. So yeah. And I would Very cool. say, I mean, I love a spread hand and a plank. I love, I love to spread the roots, but if mm-hmm. it feels like it's happening almost in advert, like she was almost describing it as if it was like, I can't going. Yeah. I think that's what's yeah. stabilizing. So I, there's nothing I hate more than a plank like this too, you know? No, no, no. We want our spread. We want the spread fingers, but you don't want them overly spread. Cause you, right. You want that just right overly spread you're going to lose some of that integrity that you want um, from the palm into the wrist so these were great questions as always 
what uh, what a delight this was. And you can write us. You can always write an um, email if you don't do Instagram for some reason, support at lityoga.com. Or you can Instagram, direct message us. I w- I'm at laura.hyman and KB is at kbwilliams99. Thank you so much, my dear. This was wonderful as always. As always. All right. Love you. Love you too. And we are always pulling for you.